What's up, y'all, and welcome into the Jack Vita Show. I am your host, as always, Jack Vita, and we are back here one day before the World Series starts. Greetings to those who are checking us out on Fastball over at SI.com. Uh, today is October 27th, 2022, and uh, the Phillies have made the World Series. They've done the impossible. I really have not been a believer in this team, and I'm sure we'll be discussing plenty about them today as we have a member of the 2008 World Series champion, Philadelphia Phillies. And of course, for those who uh, might know him otherwise, he is the husband of Stephanie LaGrosa Kendrick, who comes on this show very much. Kyle Kendrick, welcome to the show. Jack, thanks. Thanks for having me. Have you ever been introduced like that before? Have you ever been known as Stephanie's husband or is she normally your You know what wife? I have? Have been. She's, uh, we go out and I'm telling you, she's, she's the celebrity. She's big time. I mean, uh, she's obviously done well in Survivor and, uh, especially we got in Philly and I feel like all over that show is just, is, is huge. And, um, she gets recognized all the time. So, um, and that's, you know what? I'm, I'm okay with that. That's, that's <laughs> And how did you guys meet? I've heard her side of the story. I want to hear your side of the story. So I got called up in 2007. And um, I lived down in the city and her and her brother um, owned a restaurant down there and uh, they stayed open late. And after games all the time, we just go down there, uh, just some buddies and I, you know, teammates and get drinks and dinner and stuff. They stayed open late, serve food. And I just kept going back in. She was there all the time. I was like, good looking girl. So I kept going back and back. And that's how I met her. Uh, asked her, you know, let's go out. want to go out. And she was a little playing hard to get at first, but... <laughs> Uh, we went out, you know, went to uh, dinner and stuff, and rest is history now. Actually, today's our youngest, our four, um, four-year-old's birthday today, so. That's great. Happy birthday to her. It, oh, Bye. sorry. What was that? Sorry? I said time has flown by. Oh. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I feel like time's flying by for everybody, um, but yeah, that's a fun story. I think, would you recommend persistency to my fellow uh, single guys here in our 20s? Like, if a girl says no at first, just keep trying. That's what happened. Yeah, she just, no, nah, you're, you know, you're an athlete, blah, blah, blah. You know, we had that bad stereotype as athletes. So I was like, oh, what? Uh, just kept going back. And yeah, you know, just kept trying, kept trying, and finally got that date. <laughs> so, Kyle, I know you guys were in attendance. A little over a week ago for game four of the NLDS, the closeout game against the Braves. What was it like being back at Citizens Bank Park now watching a playoff game in a suite? Oh, it was awesome. Uh, my kids, you know, I love being back there. The fans, especially this time of year, the fans, it's just the best place to play. And what a time to be a Philly, you know, sports fan right now with the Eagles, um, you know, obviously what the Phillies are doing. So, it was just great to be back, and and I think my son enjoyed it more than, than all of us. And he's nine and just getting into it, and he loves you know loves Philly, the Phillies, loves um, Bryce Harper. So he really enjoyed it, and um, I love I always love being back there. So it was great to get back and uh, and see the clinching game, and to see what they've done this year. I mean, from obviously being where they were at to uh, in the World Series is just you know amazing, and um, obviously it looks like they have kind of gelled together, and um, just doing great things for that city. I'm sure the fans up there, I got buddies up there, they're loving it. So it's it's awesome. Do you notice a difference in the atmosphere at Citizens Bank in the regular season versus the postseason? For sure, yeah. If it's louder, um, I feel like when we were up there, I mean, when we were playing, we were 
always in the playoffs. We were so spoiled and we were sold out for years, years straight. So um, I know probably in the past they had, you know, after what, 2011 or 12, whenever we didn't make the playoffs, you know, the sold outs kind of stopped. But um, yeah, the playoffs, when they come around, it's just, it's a di different atmosphere, louder. Um, you know, they had the, the red October, which is cool, the, the towels and everything. So it's just a great, great atmosphere. And uh, just something as a player, I know you, you dream about when you're a kid to, to be in the playoffs for one thing. And then to get to the World Series is this dream come true, I'm sure, for a lot of those guys. So it's, it's fun to see. It's fun to watch. Do you know any of the guys? Have you met any of the guys on the current team? Uh, yeah. So I played against Real Milto, JT, the catcher, uh, Harper. Played against those guys when they were just coming up. And um, other than that, it's mainly younger kids that I've, you know, just seen come up. But those two um, I played against. So uh, I also have heard that you have an interest in Seattle sports teams as well. Uh, you did you shirt on I got here. <laughs> yeah, that's a Griffey. Is that a baseballism shirt? Where'd you get that? <laughs> yeah, I got a baseballism hat here. I see that. Yeah. So I went to wear some, obviously baseball. I didn't want to be that guy and wear like my, my Jersey or something. Uh, <laughs> so I saw this in the, in the closet and yeah, I grew up in Seattle. Um, big Seahawk fan. I mean, I always pull for Philly sports as being there, you know, most of my career. So I'm always pulling obviously for the Phillies, but yeah, I grew up in Seattle, Seahawk fan Mariners. I mean, it was awesome to see them make the playoffs this year. All my buddies are back there. So they're all Seattle sport fans. Um, but yeah, junior, that's how I got my, Growing up there, uh, you know, junior, everyone was junior. You know, in the backyard, we were all junior. So I was like, you know what? <clears throat> when I got old enough, I was like, my first kid, I want to name Junior because of Kangaroo Junior. And so I have a Kyle, Kyle Junior, which is awesome. But that's why, um, you know, I have my son Junior off, you know, from Kangaroo Junior. That's awesome. That's a cool story. So I'm curious because I've I've heard about this from some guys before. I feel like it's something that a lot of fans aren't really it's not something they think about. They think about athlete plays on the team that they play for for a significant amount of team amount mm -hmm. of time. They're no longer a fan. They become maybe a fan of that particular team. But I mean, Brian Erlacher, I had him on here several months ago. He does not like the Bears. Things did not end well with the Bears. He's a huge Dallas Cowboys fan, which were the which was the team that he grew up rooting He's for. So what was that? Sorry, he's from there, right? Correct. He's from New Mexico. Oh, okay, okay. Actually, he was born in Bellevue, I think. He was originally from Washington. Really? Okay, that's yeah. south of Mount Vernon, Washington, which is Bellevue south up down by Seattle. But um, yeah, Cowboy fan. Everyone's a Cowboy fan, right? That's America's team. So I can see that. Yeah, so he is not... <laughs> I mean, things didn't end well with the Bears, but nonetheless, he still loves the Cowboys as his childhood team. He's kind of gone back to rooting for them. Do you still have like some of that fandom now that you are out of the sport and you played on some other teams in big leagues? Um, do I still like, do I have a, like, am I a fan of teams? Like Seattle Mariners, you still a fan? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I root for the Mariners. I know, yeah, I see what you're saying. Yeah, I played for Philly and I mean, I definitely root for them. I want them to do well. Um, I watch them. Philly's just being there and being in that city. My two oldest kids were born there. I root for Philly's number one, but Seattle's for sure, right there with them. Um, just growing up there and all the childhood memories, I can still remember sitting in my living room when in 95 when Junior scored from first base to beat the Yankees. I can still remember everything. My mom jumped up. You know, we were in a little house. My mom jumped up and hit the ceiling. Um, she let me stay up and watch the game. 
which was so I still remember like stuff like that. Um, the memories and I'll always be a Mariner fan. That'll always be home. So yeah, you can do ALNL too. That's the other thing that's great about baseball. Right. Yes. <laughs> so actually speaking of ALNL, the league's <clears throat> changed quite a bit since from when you played, would you have liked to have the designated hitter spot in the national league when you were pitching or did you enjoy hitting? I loved hitting. Um, uh, that's for the pitchers that like to hit and that were good at hitting. And I feel bad for them because I mean, that's part of the game, but I know the game has changed. I understand that. Um, but I do, I enjoyed hitting, loved, um, you know, I have one career Homer that I'll never forget that you guys don't get to, you know, do that anymore now. Um, so I do, I do enjoy hitting. I, I, I feel bad. Like I said, get, you know, bad for the guys that don't get to hit anymore. So I would not have liked to, uh, had that rule when I played, but game has changed. I was looking at your stats yesterday. I saw the one home run and I, I saw it was when you were playing on the Rockies. And I was like, okay, he probably hit it at course field. No, you <laughs> hit it at Petco park. Right. It's pretty remarkable. <laughs> yeah. A lot of guys have hit their homers there, right? Uh, Bartolo Colon. Yeah. Or uh, his first homer was there. And our, you know, obviously I'll never forget. It was a day game. Um, as a pitcher, you always want to get that one homer, and I feel like I should have got a couple in Philly, but never did. But yeah, it was uh, it was special. Never forget it. Um, very cool. Always brought up by people all the time. Oh, you you, you have that one homer, don't you? And <laughs> it was awesome. I mean, I remember hearing Archie Bradley talk about a year ago on the Chris Rose rotation. He was saying how you know the one of the most when his re- career ends, the thing that so far is maybe as favorite moment in the big leagues is when he hit that triple in the wild card game in 2017. Mm-hmm. And personally, I always, I mean, I grew up in Chicago. I still live here. Cubs fan. Um, not really anymore. Now I'm more neutral, but I mean, I grew up as a fan of national league baseball and I just thought the game was more interesting being played that way with you having to navigate through the pitcher spot. So I was sad to see it go, but at the same time, I guess if you're not going to have it in minor league baseball or in college or really. And I mean, in high school, I think a lot of guys who are pitching are probably the best hitter on their team. In addition to that, like that was probably the case with you, I would think. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah, I hit third. Yeah. Um, played short when I didn't pitch. So, you know, it, for the, you know, good hitters and the athlete kind of type of guys, I feel, you know, it's kind of, it stinks, but it also, for the, I understand it for the fans, you know, it's more offense, um, more run score, more hits, more homers. And, you know, that's what the fans want to see. So I, I, like I said, I understand what MLB is doing with it, but it just kind of, you know, stinks for the, um, the guys that enjoyed hitting. Yeah. So you liked it. You liked hitting. I did. I loved it. Yeah. Except when I had to face like, you know, Scherzer or, or Strasburg, <laughs> you know, uh, Kershaw got O2 on me and just throw me a, a nasty curveball. Then it wasn't fun. Um, <laughs> but when I cheated to a fastball, had an account that was enjoy those times was there any kind of i remember hearing kurt schilling talk about this when he was still on uh sunday night baseball and i think when he he was saying that when he pitched there was a little bit of like him and the other pitcher would kind of just throw fastballs to each other and then if the guy threw a breaking ball it was like okay you broke the code now i'm gonna throw you whatever i want is it like that at all um i think for some guys if we had buddies you know that we faced trying to think um you know i came up with jay happ and uh, when I, I think I did face him when he was with, I want to say Toronto and playing interleague with us in Philly. 
and I remember, I think I just grooved him some fastballs. Um, I think we were winning. That's why if close game, you want to win your competitiveness, you know, no matter what, I want to get him out. But I think with your buddies, I'm sure guys have done that. <laughs> okay. So you were pitching, you were treating him like any other hitter. I was, I, I wanted to win. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You know, you give up a hit to the pitcher, you get booed the rest of the game. I didn't want to do that. <laughs> so you you hit a home run off a pitcher. Did you ever give up a home run to a pitcher? I did not. Um, I did not. I think I was close, maybe off the wall or something. Um, but I did not give up a home run to a pitcher. And that's something as a pitcher, you just, you can't, I mean, it's a bad feeling, I'm sure. Never done it, but, you know, it's, I can't imagine Giving a, you know, it's just, it happens. You know, they have a bat too. They're swinging, um, but I'm sure it's a bad feeling. Do you have? I know some guys. It's like, okay, I struck out this hitter. I can tell my kids I struck out this hitter. Do you have anything like that in your career that you take pride in? Like maybe you struck out a guy multiple times in a game. Um, I like. I've only faced you know in the interleague just a couple times uh, the Yankees, and I struck out Jeter in New York once. Um, on like O2 changeup. And I just remember that one just because it's Derek Jeter. Um, and other than that, I, I mean, I struck, I don't really enjoy, you know, I faced Karen P. Jr. when he was with Cincinnati in Cincy. He went like two for four off me with two doubles. So that was pretty cool. That was the one time I had to step out of the, you know, step off the mound and be like, wow. Like I was a little bit in shock, you know, in awe. Um, other than that, if I had to pick one strikeout, it was Jeter in New York, which was pretty cool. Yeah, I think the thing is for a guy like you, you spent 10 years, 10 plus years in the show. So eventually that stuff probably doesn't phase you as much. But like for my buddy who played at Penn State, he's like, Kyle Schwarber went 0 for 3 against me in the Big Ten. He's never gotten a hit off of me. So he takes the pride in that. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I mean, if guys that are, I guess, yeah, if they don't get to the show or some are facing a guy in college or um, whatever, that's pretty cool for sure. Yeah, or maybe they have a short stint, but I mean, that's still pretty cool to have the Jeter story. Uh, Let's see. So you were a member of a really remarkable pitching rotation for several years. Mm -hmm. Uh, Just a few names, and there were more guys who were also a part of this pitching rotation. I don't know if you'll do this for me, but I got to ask. I want you to rank these pitchers. Will you rank them if I give you the names? All right. Yeah, no no offense to my my buddies. but I'll try to do it the best and honest as I can. All right. So we've got Roy Halliday, Cliff Lee, Cole Hamels, Roy Oswalt, Pedro Martinez. Wow. Some Hall of Famers in there and soon to be hopefully Hall of Famers and right on the cusp. Um, number one, just because everything that he's he brought to me, you know, taught me and, and took care of me and, and um, let me just work out with him and all that. I would have to go Halliday number one. Um, who else is on that list? I mean, wow, it's tough. Was, just to do it, you know, the list. So, Holiday one, um, Hamels two, just as a friend, still talk to him, great friend. Um, love him, just great guy, good teammate. Um, so Hamels two, are we doing like numbers wise or as a teammate or as a friend? However you want, I I would I guess I wouldn't say like your favorite people. I wasn't saying that. I just meant like who you think was the best. Okay, okay. Um. So I mean, Pedro. So like, 
the yeah, page- Pedro Pedro maybe might be the best one of the whole group, but yeah. he wasn't pitching at his best when he was your teammate. Right, he was, he was at his peak. Um, but obviously, I've watched him. Um, love Pedro, great teammate, another great teammate, great guy. I mean, he would probably be up there tied with Roy at one. I mean, numbers wise, pitching when he was on. I mean, in Boston in his prime, he was unbelievable. So, I mean. All right, I'll switch this around then. I'll go Pedro one on pitching wise. Pedro one, Roy two, um, probably Hamels three, Cliff Lee, Oswald. Is that is that it? Yeah, those are those were the five. And Oswald, yeah. by the way, just to talk about how great these pitchers were, I thought Oswald was so underrated because he, he was. was on the Hall of Fame ballot. I think it was three or four years ago. He didn't even get the 5% to stay on the ballot. And this guy had sub three ERA six or seven different times in his career. Top five in Cy Young voting like four or five times. He was a great pitcher. I couldn't believe that he didn't get more consideration for the Hall. No, Roy was great with us too. Uh, Another, you know, good teammate, awesome guy. Great to be around. Um, And yeah, I mean, I faced him when he was in Houston. And just, I mean, the sneaky fastball. You know, just attacked you with his stuff. Not a big guy, but I mean, obviously a big arm, um, and just a competitor. And uh, another great teammate to have. I mean, I was so fortunate with the guys I got to play with and pitch with personally um, as teammates. I mean, you could go on. I got you know Blanton too was another guy. Joe Blanton, uh, yeah. Adam, and Jamie Moyer. I mean, and the list is, goes on and on of guys that I got to play with, to pitch with that were just, I mean, had great careers. Um, and just better people too. Have you forgiven Brett Myers for the prank he pulled on you? It's That's pretty training. Uh, yes. Yeah, I just saw him up there. Uh, <laughs> uh, no, I mean I would have done it too. A veteran guy. All right, tell the, you got to tell the story for those who who might not remember. Okay, so I yeah, I, it was spring training. I was it wasn't even my first big league uh, spring training. I was already called up the year before in 07 and had like a half a season. I came up in June. Won 10 games. Uh, we made it to the playoffs. Got swept by the Rockies, who were hot. Like They remind me a lot like the Phillies right now. They were just hot. Um, we got swept by them first round, but, you know, made a start game two. It was just a great year for me. Um, come to spring training, my first big league camp. And, you know, the whole – it was a whole thing. My, my, my agent at the time was involved. Um, you know, the media up there in Philly – and Brett was the main one who they got, you know, kind of under his wing. And uh, Charlie, the manager, assistant GM, Ruben Amaro, called me in the office and, hey, you know, you've been traded to Japan. At the time, I didn't know that could happen. I was young. I was green. I had no idea. Um, been traded to Japan for Kobayashi, who at the time I did not know hot dog eater. It didn't cross my mind. <laughs> mind. Obviously, I'm sure there's a lot of Kobayashis. I just figured it was, you know – Japanese player just um, didn't know it was a hot dog eater. So got traded to Japan, went out, called my agent. Hey, you know, yes, he, you know, this is going to be great for your career. Can make some, you know, a lot more money over there, blah, blah, blah. I remember walking by, Burrow was in the in the cage. He's like, what happened? So I got traded to Japan. He goes, Japan, oh, good luck. You know, great playing with you. Like just everyone was involved, had no idea. Get to my lockers, you know, the media's all over there because they all, you know, told the media and uh, all asking me questions, everything. And 
And then Brett goes, uh, you know, you got punked and I had no idea that it was just a great, the whole setup was really good at the time, you know, 22 afterwards, I was like, okay, first of all, you know, thank, thank gosh, it wasn't, you know, real. And then I was like, like, dang, I can't believe, you know, they pulled it off. It was, it was so good. Um, going through it though, I was like mad. Like I had a great year, won 10 games, like no way I could get traded. Um, it was just a great, great, you know, prank in general all around by everyone and um you know never got brett back didn't know uh what to do i just wanted to kind of drop <laughs> leave it at but you know i'm sure i'm on twitter not as much you know i'm more instagram guy but it's still i can see it always gets brought up to to brett on there all the time so it's it's funny you know it'll, it'll i'm sure it'll be around forever just a great great thing all around <laughs> i'm glad you have a sense of humor about it because i would think that had to be pretty scary to think oh my gosh and the, the delivery part of what makes i think the video so good is like uh charlie Manuel's delivery of like you had a great year for us last year but you, your flight is you're go, you're flying to japan tomorrow at 7 a.m like so many things were in my mind then because you know i just bought a car i'm like you know what the, what's gonna what am i gonna do with everything like how am i gonna get over there and then our our secretary guy traveling secretary guy frank Copenbarger was like you're going to Seattle. We'll let you stay home for a little bit. I'm from there, obviously, and stay home a day, and then go fly out to Japan. And the whole thing was just a great setup. And um, yeah, at the time, I, I was a little upset going through because I had a great year, and I'm like, you know, just freaking out. Um, but it didn't happen, which is great. <laughs> Praise God! I'm glad that you didn't have to go all the way over to Japan. You know, it's interesting. I did talk with Arrestus Destrade, who maybe you've seen on the Rays pregame, yeah. postgame show. Yeah, he's a friend of mine. And he was telling me, because he played over in Japan, and he said that their strategy had been, let's get guys who are big league players, we'll bring them over here, they can make some more money. Yeah. And what they realized was with the American-born players, a lot of guys really struggled going all the way to Japan, making that adjustment. Whereas the, they started then targeting more players who were born coming from Central America. So Arrestus, he was originally from Cuba. And it was a much easier transition for those guys because a couple of things, one, they had already known what it was like to move away from their family and go to a new country and try to pick up a new language. But also he said that the tempo and like the way that they talk is easier. If you know Spanish to pick up Japanese than someone who's English speaking. I could see that. That makes sense. Yeah, I'm sure. I mean, those Latin players that I play with, I mean, they come over here and they, you know, when they're younger, not a, not a lick of English and they pick it up so easily, so quickly. Um, so that makes sense. I can see him going over there and uh, I can't imagine um, trying to go over and learn, you know, Japanese. So um, I can see that happening though, being Latin player and picking that up quick. Kyle, when, so that was part of your initiation into the show, even though you'd already pitched the whole year, they got you. They did. Did anyone ever, hand you a ball and instruct you to throw at somebody uh to throw it no i was never um i kind of did one time on my own i ended up playing with him with in boston and and told him the whole situation it was hanley ramirez um the night before he hit a home run off of um off of hamels kind of you know now it would have been nothing it would you know nowadays it would have been 
normal home run. But I felt like, and we all kind of felt like that he um, kind of pimped it a little bit. So the next day I was like, all right, if I have a good chance to, you know, I hit him. Everyone kind of knew. So um, it was when he was with the Dodgers. Runners on, what do we have? Yeah, second and third, I think, one out. And he came up, first pitch right in the back. Um, he was fine, took his base. Next hitter was, uh, I think, A.J. Ellis, ground ball, double play, got out of it. W- it worked like pr- I couldn't have ha- worked any better than that. Um, but that was the only time that I that I did that, that I hit someone on purpose. Um, worked out, got lucky. What are your thoughts on how the game has shifted away from that sort of culture? Yeah, um, I, I feel like it's maybe a little tougher to pitch just because you can't really put any fear in the hitters anymore, you know? Back away from the plate. Um, nowadays, there's really no – I don't see it much, um, you know, pitching inside, uh, moving guys' feet. You know, they're – those, those hitters are comfortable on top of the plate and just, you know, trying to hit homers. Um, and that's the way the game has changed. And so, yeah, it's, I'm sure, you know, it's, I'm sure some old school guys kind of still pitch inside more Verlander and guys that have been around a while. Um, but yeah, the game has changed towards really not much pitching inside and not, not can't really throw at guys anymore. Well, I think that's interesting. You bring that up because I think there's, Maybe it's younger fans that are maybe they don't have as much experience playing baseball. I'm not exactly sure, but I think some of them are very resistant to the idea of throwing at guys or even just like you said, pitching inside. Like something that happened a lot recently is Wilson Contreras. He's gotten hit by the Brewers quite a bit. Well, the reason Mm -hmm. why he's getting hit is because he, he leans in a little bit. His elbows are a little over the plate. Um, but they're trying to take away that inside part of the zone. They're, they don't want him to – or take away – sorry, they're taking – they don't want him to crowd the plate. Rizzo is yep. another guy who crowds the plate. Um, yep. So you're trying to command the zone by going in at, with uh, an inside fastball, right? You have to pitch in. If, you, if the hitter's comfortable and leaning over the plate and, and knows you're not going to take away the inside part of the plate, I mean, it, it just makes a big difference on, on hitting. Just It's a lot easier, although hit, hitting is one of the hardest things to do in sports. But it those big league hitters are so good, and if you take away the inside part of the plate to them, it just makes it really tough to pitch because um, you know they're diving out looking for stuff. They want to get extended, looking for stuff over the plate. Um, and I, not being a you know not a crazy power pitcher, I had to pitch inside. Um, Jamie Moyer, another guy, pitched inside, was throwing eighty. Um, so you, I'm a big believer in pitching in, always have been, and just makes it a lot tougher for the pitchers if you if you can't pitch inside. Um, and if the hitter knows you, you can't command the baseball in there. I mean, I always kind of liked the whole, Hey, you know what? You show up my guy, we're going to stand up for our guy. Like I always liked that. Some fans don't like that. I guess having said all of that, some of uh, there is a good amount while like we've kind of moved the line a little bit. I think there are certain things, like you said, what Hanley did probably a little more acceptable now. Having said that, I think Reese Hoskins is probably going to get thrown at next year by the Atlanta Braves. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that was – I don't think he did it to show up the pitcher, though. I think he was just excited, you know, um, all that, you know, energy, you know, everything, all that excitement built up and kind of just – that's what happened. You know, that's where he took it out on. But I 
you know, I don't think he was trying to show up the pitcher, but I, you know, understand where they, they could see that. Well, I mean, if, if someone did that, if, even if they, so let's say you, someone does that to Cole Hamels, you're not happy about that. Yeah. Or me. I mean, yeah. Playoffs was a couple years ago. Um, Jose Bautista did it to him in Toronto, a home run off, off Cole. And I remember, um, I don't know if they hit him the next day or, or maybe that game. Um, I think they waited. I think they hit Joey Bats the next year. Yeah. So they didn't do it in the postseason. So they hit him the next year. And that was when he did the takeout slide into Odor. And then everyone knows what happens after that. That's right. Yeah. I mean, I, I get it. it. Just you don't want it to happen to you, you know, or your teammate. Um, but it's part of the game, I guess, you know. Um, guys are excited. Homers are great. You know, fans want to see homers. Homers are, I mean, look at the one Harper hit to, to win the uh, series, to go to the World Series. I mean, that one was awesome because, you know, what I loved about that was Bryce looked so like he had this look in his eyes, like he's just kind of watching it and he's just like, oh my gosh, did that actually just happen? That actually just happened. We're probably going to go to the World Series. Uh, and then what he said in the dugout afterwards, I think they showed it, like he said, wow, I just did that. Um, <laughs> pretty cool. You know, I mean, even. Even the big leaguers, you know, are sometimes in awe of what they can do. So, yeah, I, the whole, you know, showing up, the pitcher. Um, but, you know, you, pitchers do it too when they get strikeouts. Big strikeouts, yell at the guy. Um, kind of works both ways. That's true. You know, I I feel like we're going to lose. We're, we're obviously losing some of that, but we're also going to lose more of it, I think, because now next year teams are going to play less games against their divisional foes. Uh, what do you think about this new change to the schedule? So next year, for instance, the Phillies, they're going to play every single team in the American League and in the National League. They're going to have less games against the Braves, the Mets, Nationals, and Marlins. Do so you think that's a right. good change or fine? are you just kind of like, ah, oh, that's okay or not a great change? I see. I understand it. I think it's good for baseball because more fan, you know, it's going to be more, I guess, you know, global um, or whatever, you know, they're going to see more of the Phillies are going to see now, see, you know, Seattle, the Mariners are going to see Phillies. You know, I, I understand it. it's good for baseball. I think the uh, competitiveness, maybe, like the, um, you know, you play the Braves, what, 12 times a year, whatever it was. Um, so it was 18, now it'll be 12. Yeah, 18 times a year. I think all that, you know, competitiveness maybe will go away. Um, but I think it's good for baseball. Um, but I don't think teams will really, quote, you know, hate each other as much as – yeah used to you know the Mets and the Phillies and Braves and all that yeah that's the thing I I would personally rather have teams in their division hating each other than I would have the Phillies playing the uh Texas Rangers yeah the Angels or something you know like right. where they never see each other and nobody you know obviously the game matters but it's it's a lot more you get more intense when you're playing your rival you know I mean, I think, it, I think the rivalries will kind of maybe die down a little bit. Yeah, because it's going to end up eventually now, especially now that we have a bigger postseason field, there's less important. Like, we just had this epic National League East division race. Yeah. And it ended up being inconsequential because both teams were out before we got to the CS. Right. Yeah. It's going um, to gonna change it for sure. Um, looking forward to seeing how that how that works out. What was your pitch arsenal? How many pitches were you throwing? 
So mainly I threw a sinker, two seam uh, sinker, uh, split change, a cutter, and then, you know, four seamer every now and then, raise eye level, and uh, a slider. But sinker, split change, cutter were my main three pitches. And then the other, you know, so five total, I guess, but those are my main three. Did you normally have a one of the, did you normally go at a guy with the same first pitch? So for instance, was it dependent? Uh, I guess I should say, was it dependent on the hitter that you were facing or the spot in the, uh, the time through the order you were seeing them? Or did you typically throw inside first pitch fastball? Did it change by the batter? It kind of changed. Um, the scattering reports were big, how guys, um, you know, hit hit me or what they were looking for off me. I felt like when I faced, so Freddie Freeman is a good example. I used to, first pitch, I felt like he always gave it to me just a backdoor cutter, always took it. And so I threw it you know, a lot to him. Um, and just one game, he just looked for it first pitch, hit it out. <laughs> um, so I had, we kind of make the adjustments as you go along. You know, I've, um, certain guys are first pitch swingers. So I'd throw, you know, some off-speed stuff first pitch or, um, if you knew guys were taking a lot of the time, you just throw a fastball down the middle. Um, it kind of just, it really depends, um, what hitters were trying to do. So you made your debut in 2007, you made your last appearance in 2017. At what point do you remember people really starting to care a lot about pitch counts? Was that something early in your career that was like, okay, he's at a hundred, got to get him out. Or was that something that came later? It was later. Yeah. Early on, as long as you were going, I mean, I saw obviously he was built up and, and did it for a long periods of time, but you know, how I saw, I, I saw him throw 120 pitches, 130 pitches, Cliff Lee in a game I, in San Francisco. I remember seeing Cliff Lee pitch into the uh, 10th inning, you know, um, 115, 120 pitches. Now you don't see that anymore. Um, so I think later on in my career, that's when, you know, guys were starting to, Anywhere near 100, you were done. Yeah, and then the other one, I just remember starting to see that sometime, kind of like, yeah, sometime in the mid to 2010s, you know, around then, where it's like, okay, 100, he's done, magic number, doesn't matter how he's throwing, how he's looking. But then, now it's like, okay, this guy's faced the lineup twice. We got to yeah. get him out of here before the third time through. And yeah. now you're seeing guys getting pulled at 65 70 80 pitches yeah it's it's different now that's big um you know seeing guys second third time through the order um you know back because you know when i was playing i just if you were going if you were pitching well they weren't getting runs off you you were getting you know easy innings getting through lineups you go until the game was over i mean um or you had a lead but now it's like yeah guys are pitching well and they're coming out of the game it's just you know, part of the game, the game's changed. You're going to, you know, another reason I think it's guys in the bullpen and everyone's throwing a hundred now out of the bullpen. So, I mean, it's hard, you know, bring guy in throwing a hundred. I mean, I understand it. Yeah. It seems like there's less that is being asked of starting pitchers now than ever before. Yeah. Do you think that's a good or a bad thing? Um, you know, I'm a little, you know, bias to the starting pitcher, you know, so I, I would love to, I love to see get starting pitchers go deep in games. Uh, yeah. CPs, those are awesome. Um, but I, I, like I said before, I, I understand it. Um, 
with guys, how hard guys are thrown out of the bullpen. Um, but I would like to see, I mean, it's, it's fun to see starting, you know, starters go complete games, you know, 90 to 100 pitches. Just don't see it anymore. I think the bullpenning stuff is really interesting in the postseason <laughs> because I think there are certain teams like Tampa where they don't have a lot of money and it makes a lot of sense for them to do what they do. And they also have a great bullpen. That's a strength that they have. Now they have really good starting pitching too. Yeah. Um, but I do think it's also a lot of clubs are, are doing that. And, you know, it almost, it almost really hurt the Phillies the other day in on Sunday that they took out Wheeler at the point that they did. Yeah. Um, I just think for me, like, especially with the postseason, with you talking about how it's a different atmosphere, it's a different game, there's more pressure. I feel like there's a human element that a lot of people sometimes miss where it's like, okay, so if we're going to use five pitchers in a game, we need every single guy to be dialed in. Whereas if you have one guy who's dialed in, he's locked in, they can't touch him. And I understand the third time through the lineup, but there's also an element where, you know, Kyle, I was a hitter. I wasn't, uh, I never pitched. And if there's some guy who can, who we cannot touch, I'm relieved when that guy gets out of the game. Yeah, it's true. That's a good point. Um, that's a great point because I'm sure when we got out of the game, the hitters like, all right, great. You know, it's someone new. We couldn't touch him. Um, yeah, and it's got to be frustrating too. Like, you know, I don't think he had any tough innings, any guys on base, that, if I can remember correctly. He gave, uh, up a, he gave up a hit and then he was done. That was it. Yeah. Um, I just, I mean, I, I can't. I'm not the manager. I don't know. I'm not, I'm not, you know, just watching as a fan now. And I'm sure he was, you know, frustrated. They ended up winning the game, um, but it was close. Um, they came back, right? Um, so I, you know, it's being a pitcher myself. I wouldn't want to, I would, I'd want to be in there. I'd want to stay in there as long as I could. I mean, if, unless I was getting hit around, I understand. I understand that. But if you're just cruising through lineups, um, getting easy outs, just let him go, right? I think that Zach Wheeler signing is one of the best free agent contracts in professional sports history. Yeah, he looks great. I mean, I faced him in, in New York, um, and he got hurt, I think. Yeah, he had Tommy John. Yeah, um, he got hurt, came back from that. But, uh, w yeah, great signing for them. I mean, he's been unbelievable. Um, you know, one of the reasons they're there. So we've got this World Series coming up, and I got to ask you first before we kind of you know give a little bit of a preview. I want to know: are you are you as surprised as pretty much everyone else is that the Phillies got this far? Um, I'd lie if I say I wasn't. I, I mean, I kind of am just because of how they where they were at in September, right? And then came back and barely got in. And I mean, they have some good pitching, but I I thought maybe they're you know. There were some other better teams that had better pitching than them. Um, I thought the Braves were really good. But it just shows you get hot at the right time and guys gelling and getting big hits, pitchers stepping up. Um, and that's how that's what's so great about baseball, man. It's just, you know, we might have had our best team in 2011. And we lost. I mean, we were out. That was when you had Cliff was on that team at that point, right? Oswald, Halliday, Hamels. I mean, we were yeah. just. And, uh, you know, things didn't work out. But that's just what's so great about baseball. I mean, kind of in 08, 
we were good. I mean, we had great offense, but our pitching was a little, you know, wasn't great like it was in 2010, 11, um, even nine. So, and we ended up winning the whole thing. Just kind of that's you know, like I said, it's so special. What, what makes baseball the, the greatest game? What happened in 2012? Because it was like you guys. It looked like I mean, you were five straight division titles. It felt like this is the new Atlanta Braves, where they won the East for however many years, the 12 years or 13 years, however many years they won it. It felt like you you guys had a run like that, and then all of a sudden it just ended abruptly. Yeah, 2012, man, all the years run together. I can't remember. Um, that was the last year we made the playoffs, correct? There was it 11? 11 was the last year. Yeah, okay, sorry. Um, it, it, all those years run together. <laughs> um, yeah, 12. Um, that might have been, I don't know. No, Roy got hurt in 14, I think. Um, I don't know. We just had a bad year. Um, who ended up winning that division that year? Uh, the, the division that year. The, I think, was that the Nationals' first year that they won the division? I think it was. Yeah, you're it was right. Harper's rookie year. Yeah. Yeah. I should remember that, but man, every year is just like, you know, I golf with Tino Martinez and we were, he was doing the same thing, getting asked about a year. And he's like, I can't remember <laughs> what happened. So he's like, you know, um, and I understand same thing. I, 2012, um, I feel like we should have made it and just kind of, I don't know if our pitching fell apart or what, but we didn't get there. What'd you think of Harper when you faced him? Cause I mean, did you pitch against him that year or when he was a rookie? Yeah, I did. Yeah. Um, you could you could tell. I mean, he's got he had the tools. Definitely could see that. Uh, played hard. Um, yeah, I feel like he always played the game the right way. Plays hard. Um, but uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, I don't know if he has a homer off me or not. I'm trying to think of his numbers <laughs> off me. Um, but uh, great player, obviously. Uh, you know, you could tell when he came up. Like I said, had the tools. Played hard. Did things the right way. And that's what you know where he's at right now. Doesn't doesn't surprise me at all. What needs to happen for the Phillies to win their first World Series since 2008 over the next week? So, obviously, the main thing, you got to pitch, right? Uh, pitching wins. Um, you know, I think Wheeler, Nola, um, Suarez have had great years. I think they're going to, you know, keep them in games. The Astros just scare. I mean, they're so tough. They're tough all around, but they're really tough at home. Um, and I – I'm not going to say their pitching's better, but they're it's close. It's going to be a good series, I feel like. Um, so for the Phillies to win, obviously you got to pitch. Keep doing what they're doing with the bats, swinging it. I mean, they're swinging it great. But if they can pitch like they have been, I think they have a good chance. Two things that I'm really interested in. Number one, I thought throughout this whole season that it was Houston and everybody else in the American League. Uh, don't really know how they stack up to the National League, though. That's something that's interesting because I thought the National League was stronger this year. But yeah. then the teams that I thought were the class of the National League went out really early. So that's something that's interesting. Number two, Phillies have had so much momentum in this postseason. They heated up. My one concern for them would be having this almost a whole week off like the Braves did before uh, that series against the Phillies. I'm interested to see how that will affect them. Yeah, I mean, that's a real thing, too. I mean, the, you like to keep it moving in, the momentum and everything. A week off, you know, it sounds like they have a great manager. Um, you know, playing in Philly, you're going to – I mean, they're going to be in it. Um, but you would, you know, hope the momentum carries on. Um, Houston's going to be loud. It's going to be tough. 
we'll see. Looking forward to tomorrow night. It'll be fun. Did you guys ever have the like a layoff between like did you guys finish a series early and then have three, four days waiting for another series to wrap up and then start that series? I don't think we did. I feel like our series is kind of, you know, always went either six, seven games, you know, five games. I don't think we had a quick series where we had a big layoff. I think if you did, um, I think one year actually we did and pitchers threw like, kind of like live BP to hitters and kind of stayed sharp. Um, pitchers throwing a lot of bullpens, throwing to hitters. Um, they're definitely going to, guys are going to find ways to stay, stay sharp for sure. So we have game one. We've got this in Houston tomorrow night. We actually have a, let's see. Yeah, we're still rolling with the 2-3-2 format. Did you like the 2-3-2 format or no? Because a lot of people don't like it. Um, I'm, I don't know. Three games. If you can try to split those are one of those first two games, that's big. And then yeah. get home, three games at home. Well, I mean, I think it's I think it's not bad if you're the if you do not have the home field. I think if you have the home field, you'd like to play, maybe have home field well, after. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, I don't think it's bad for the Phillies at all. You get two games, no. and you try to split, and then go home for three. When two out of the three, you know, it's you're looking good. Um, so I, I, as a as a Philly fan, I mean, as a as a Philly player, being one of those guys, I, I feel like. They've been, you know, sitting okay. I don't think they're um, mad about the two, three, two. I think try to go to Houston and get one. I oh, I'm sure I'm certain they like it. I mean, that's how it played out in the last series too. You get that one on the road, game one, and then you know, yeah. you, all of a sudden you take game three at home and you've got a nice two-one lead, and the other team is really sweating because they got to win one of these next two games on the road. So we've got uh, okay, we got Nola pitching game one, Wheeler pitching game two, and then I, they have not. Let's see, do they list a starter for game three? It'll be Suarez. I have to think. Sure. Um, so Nola's game one. I didn't know that. Yeah, they named it yesterday. Houston has not named their starters yet. Um, I, I would think Verlander, but Verlander also had that rough outing against the Mariners, which I'm sure you enjoyed as a Mariners fan. Oh, yeah, I was watching that, yeah. <laughs> I was calling fans, man. It would have been great to see him. Can you imagine Mariners-Phillies World Series? That would have been awesome. But The two teams with the longest postseason droughts coming into this season. That would have been pretty yeah, awesome. I'm pumped to see him make the playoffs. It was awesome. Uh, I, hopefully, they'll be back. They have. A, I feel like they have a young squad, and um, I'm sure they'll be back. Well, we were doing a thing. I was talking with uh, Mario Lanza, this guy who's a uh, Mariners fan, on this podcast about a month ago. And he pointed out that Julio Rodriguez's rookie year, better statistical rookie year than Griffey. Yeah. Believe it or not. Uh, I believe it. I mean, that kid's unbelievable. Um, happy for, I mean, just the fans there love that kid and great player, fun to watch. Um, but still, Junior will never, you can't top Junior. He's the best. <laughs> um, <laughs> So, uh, Kyle Senior, let me let me get your pick for the World Series here. Oh, I got to go Phillies. I have to. Um, I'm I'm pulling for them. I hope they can do it. Uh, I don't know how many games. That's that's going to be tough. But I'm 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 going to pick the Phillies. I'm got to go with them. Phillies in five. You're going to say Phillies in five. Phillies in six. That's a little early. Uh, yeah, either six. It might go seven. Um, 
If I had to pick, though, I'd say Phillies in six. I feel like there's a greater chance for them to win in a shorter series than a long series because if they can, well, yeah, and if they can take those home games, if they can take yeah. a game early in Houston and they can take two games, like you said, you get your one game on the road, you could take all three at Philly, which seems kind of hard, but they just did that. Yeah. Um, and the way I like the way that Rob Thompson was managing that series too, by the way, he, he was trying to win that series in Philly. He was not playing not to lose. He wasn't playing the long game. Oh, for sure. You try to run, try to win right away. Um, and that's what I, you know, I think the guys just love everything, what he's doing up there. Um, you know, taking over and heard great things about him in the clubhouse and just laid back, no stress. Um, I thought like when we were playing, you know, Charlie Mandel was our manager and he was just like that. He'd come in there and just talk to you about whatever. Um, never felt like he was stressed about anything. So, and the, the players feed off of that. Yeah, I can, you can see it. I mean, this team seems like there's a cohesiveness that's there. Like they really look like they want to go to war with each other. Oh yeah. Playing, having fun. You can tell. And that's the thing I think that was really special about your group from my outsider point of view, you guys looked like a really close team. And I think, was that a big part of your success? For sure. We were, um, I mean, a lot of those guys, we still talk, um, you know, we were really close, you know, we had, we had a great leadership as veteran guys. And then we had the younger guys, you know, me and Cole, um, who else was in? I can't even, you know, Edward Chase was in his prime and Jimmy and Ryan. Um, so we were, um, we had a great group of guys. Moyer was our, you know, pops, I call him. He's off. <laughs> so we, we had a great group of guys and just, uh, that's what it takes to, to win it. Moyer pitched until I think he was 45 when he hung it up. Yeah. Was he, he was 45, up. 46? Yeah, he was up there for sure. <laughs> okay, so uh, do you see any similarities between this group and your group, or do you think they're pretty different? Um, I, I see a lot of the sim- same similarities. I mean, pitching was – I would say hitting was, was is a little better than the pitching, um, but they have a couple – you know, we had – I think Moyer was a game three starter and then uh, Hamels, Blanton. Um, so, I mean, the pitching probably would say is the same, but the hitting is definitely close. You know, we had uh, our lineup was, I felt like, was stacked from, yeah. you know, one to eight. I was just, um, was just loaded. So I see the lineups kind of similarity, same. I think your, I think your guys' lineup was a lot better. Yeah. Um, yeah. We were, our lineup was ridiculous. I felt like I mean, every, time, every time I made a start, you know, first two innings, I was I was up seven nothing right away. It was unbelievable. Did J Roll win MVP in 07? Because I know Howard won in 06. He did. Yeah. So you had back to back MVP years, and those guys yeah, were seven. consistently great. They weren't just like career years when they won the MVP. And then you had Utley, who was another great hitter, and he probably had. I, he didn't win an MVP, but he was up there in the voting at least a couple times. Yeah, I mean, Silver Slugger every year, I felt like. Um, yeah. Just a gamer, man. Just a – I mean, every every night, every day came to play. Um, good teammate. I mean, just hard player. Someone you want, you know, your, your son to watch play. <laughs> All right. Well, I know you got to run here, so let me give you my pick. I am going to take 
you know what? I've picked against the Phillies every round of this postseason. I'm giving them some good bulletin board material. So I'm going to keep that trend going because it seems to be working for you guys. And I like all you Philly folks. Uh, there you go. I like Mickey Morandini was on this show last week. I don't know if you've met Mick before. Yeah, yeah, I know Mickey. Yeah, he's awesome. Another great guy. Yeah, his um. So I went to college with two of his sons. We went to Valpo oh, okay. together. Uh, so they're some of my best friends. And I'm in a group chat with two of his boys and then a couple other Philly fans. And they love you, by the way. They they're like, oh my gosh, you're talking to Crazy K. That's great. That's great. Um, but it, nonetheless, there I told them, I'm like, guys, I will pick against the Phillies. Because whatever is going here, it's some bulletin board material. Rob Thompson can say that Jack Vita guy is really down on us. We got to show him. Uh, I'm going to go. I really think, though, the thing is, uh, for me, I really think this Astros team is just the best team left. I think that was the case before. Uh, when we got into the CS, I thought they were way better than the Yankees. Didn't see that series being close. I think yeah. this series, I think the Phillies going to take two games, though. I'll, I'll say that. Um, they're going to get their road game, or maybe they maybe maybe they don't get a road game. But the fact that you have three games in Philly, they're going to win at least one of those games, maybe two. I think the series is going to end in six games in Houston. Yeah, you know, if I didn't, I wasn't in Philly. If I didn't play there most of my career, and and my wife from there, and my kids, both my two oldest born there, and um, all the Philly that I have, you know, playing there, and just. If I didn't have all that, I probably would pick the Astros too. I, I think the Astros are, are really good, and on paper they look like they're better. Um, but I can't, I can't root for against Philly. You know, I got to go for them, so I'm pulling for them. And like we're talking about, baseball is a weird, fluky sport. That year that you guys lost to the Rockies, they were a hot team that just they were uh, peaking at the right time. This yeah. Philly team is picking; they're peaking at the right time. Yeah, I agree. Um, and that's what you need in the end of September, end of the playoffs. Take it all the way in and. Try to win it all. That's that's what they're – I mean, they're close, and they've done a great – no matter what, they've had a great year. I mean, barely getting in, six seed. I didn't think they were going to get past St. Louis. Uh, no. To be honest. I no? mean, that was that was ridiculous uh, in terms of that ninth inning because that just doesn't happen where a team just gives you six runs like that. But credit to the Phillies too, putting the ball in play, drawing those walks. And this yeah. is something that I really – this is one thing I really like about Houston is they they hit for contact extremely well. I think that's a lost art in today's game. I think Cleveland Guardians are going to be a they're a team on the rise. They do that extremely well. Um, sure. When you 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 know this as someone who's been on a team that's won a World Series, when you put the ball in play, you put pressure on the other team to make mistakes. How many times have we seen one error open the floodgates and there's a huge inning? And that's that's another thing of, that I was hesitant about with this Phillies because they were not a great defensive team. <laughs> in yeah. the regular season, but they are playing better defensively. And I also think they are one, th I, I gave a lot of credit. Um, Matt Klintek was the one who signed Zach Wheeler. I love the uh, Brandon Marsh trade. Does that guy yeah. play center field as well as anybody in this league? Yeah, he's a good player. Um, and you're right. Defensive early on in the season wasn't great, but I mean, they have played great. Yeah. Costed them in, in San Diego there. Um, it was close. Uh, but they can't end up winning the game. Um, but yeah, they have played great defensively um, the whole playoffs. So hopefully, you can keep it in, keep it going. Kyle, do you want to give a quick uh, take on your Seahawks here? Man, we are first in the division right now. Not we, them. But <laughs> you know, um, 
they are first in the division. So I am so pumped. You know, their their win loss coming in the season was four and a half over under. I mean, unbelievable. Gino has played out of his mind. Um, they're fun to watch. Defense, I thought was going to be better than what it has been, but they're scoring still. So, um, <clears throat> you know, they're fun to watch. I'm hoping we can keep it going. First in the division. I mean, that the Niners are tough though. The Rams are going to be there. I feel like the Niners are probably the better team in the league. Um, but if you know, hopefully DK's not out too long. He's got that knee thing. Hopefully, just a couple weeks. Hoping. Um, but I mean, I've been to the last when they went to the uh, Super Bowl. Went to both of them, so that was fun. Um, hopefully, they can get back there. But I don't know. It's going to be, you know. You never know. One, one of those Super Bowls was very fun for you. The other one was not. Man, I, I tell you what, the one they lost, I took my, I mean, he was the best man at wedding. Uh, you know, good, great buddy. Biggest, I mean, Seahawks fan, way big, more than me. And uh, I'll never forget looking over at him. And he was just like, he, we thought we they were going to win it. I mean, I know it's been said over and over. Why did they give the ball to Marshawn? But, you know, <laughs> it was, yeah, the one in, in, in New York was awesome. Unbelievable. Oh, my gosh. I forgot that one was in New York. And they really lucked out that the weather was good that day. Because that could it was, be was great. Yeah, the weather was – I mean, I remember it was cold, but it was no rain, nothing. It was clear, just a little chilly. I mean, they just – they crushed them. Um, and that Russell Wilson trade is looking like the modern-day Herschel Walker trade in terms of trade heists. Yeah, man. I uh, I mean, the things he did in, in Seattle, it was tough to see him leave and – kind of feel bad for him right now. You know, I don't know. They had the weapons. I don't know what's going on there. Um, but yeah, it's looking good for Seattle the trade. And uh, what's up with the seven fantasy football leagues? Is that how many you're playing in? Did, yeah. Did Steph tell you that, man? Yeah. I, she said, love... <laughs> yeah, we were doing a podcast about a month ago and it was like the, it was a Monday after week one. And she's like, uh, she would said, maybe Kyle will want to come say hi on the podcast. And I'm like, you know, he's probably pretty busy. You know, we could do that another time, whatever. And she's like, actually, he's, I forgot today's Monday. He's getting his sleep in after all his fantasy football managing that you're yeah. doing. First of all, I'm only in six leagues. Uh, <laughs> one, I mean, one's a great league. I mean, one in, uh, with all the ex Boston players, uh, you know, Johnny Gomes, uh, Papa Bond up there in, in Boston, which is a fun league. But yeah, I'm in six leagues and um, I love it. I love it. It's I love fantasy. I love watching the games. I, I think I take it a little more competitive than I should, but I hate lo- I hate losing to fantasy. It just bothers me. And I know I know I have nothing I can't do anything but put set a lineup and that's it. But um, I enjoy it. Um, it's fun. And I, you I'll are you, you are playing in that league with Tommy Pham and Jock Peterson. Yeah. I, I mean <laughs> That's how I would be. <laughs> exactly. But it's fun. I mean, I love uh, the red zone. Sitting down on Sunday, if we don't, you know, if we don't have nothing going on, just chill, watch red zone, and hopefully watch my guys go off. You know, I've never had the red zone channel. I just, I have two screens and I just put on whatever games I want. But I've actually been working baseball like almost every Sunday. So I'm watching more college football. You like college football? I do. I like college football. Yeah. Yeah, I watch that. But Saturday, usually, I mean, it's been crazy on the weekends now. My son's playing baseball. We got tournament every every weekend. Yeah. I feel. Um, but if I can, I'll sit and watch games for sure. We did a college fantasy football league last year. That was a lot of fun. Really? Wow. I don't don't tell me about that. I don't need to be getting in that. <laughs> Maybe we'll get you in next year. 
<laughs> wow, that'd be fun. All right. Well, Kyle, thank you so much for your time today. Is there anything you would like to point people towards? You want to give out your social media handle? You got any uh, philanthropy, stuff like that? Um, businesses? I'm big. I'm not a big social media guy. My my wife, Steph's more of that right now with uh, her being on the shows and stuff. So follow her if you can. I mean, I I don't post much, so you'd be bored following me, but I'm on, you know, <laughs> I'm on uh, Instagram. A little, I don't do Twitter much, but uh, that's about that's all. That's all I got. Thanks for having me, Jack. Uh, I enjoyed it. Maybe do it again. This was fun. Oh, absolutely, love to have you anytime. And good luck to your Phillies, Kyle. Thank you. I appreciate it. All right, y'all. That concludes today's podcast episode with Kyle Kendrick, uh, World Series champion, Stephanie's husband. You guys have heard Stephanie on this show. If you haven't, you should go and check those out. I mean. I'm sure we have some baseball fans who maybe haven't watched Survivor. Um, but if you're interested in our conversation, Stephanie's been on here three or four times, to- four times now, actually. So you guys can check those out. They're up on YouTube and wherever it is that you're listening to this podcast. So uh, make sure you guys subscribe. If you like today's episode, we're going to have more content coming soon. Another episode next week. Uh, there's, I've got some fun guests lined up. I'm not going to say who, but I'll post on social media. So if you guys want to follow me on social media, it is at Jack Vita Show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Like I said, make sure you subscribe to the Jack Vita Show, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Facebook, YouTube, wherever it is that you're watching this. Go listen to the podcast, subscribe, uh, so you don't miss out on any of the great content that we have coming up. Until our next episode, I'm Jack Vita, bringing the dance to the lobsters. <laughs>